deep in the forest, beneath overgrown moss and ivy, hidden away, lies the living library. It's alive. Hello? I'm sorry, this library isn't open to the public, and even if it was, it's much later than normal visiting hours. Huh, you two look weird. A little goblin and a teeny skeleton. But it's summer! <sighs> Fine. I don't usually let people in without a library card, but I don't want you kids to cover my spotlessly clean library in eggs or flour. Watch out for the mud pile there. Well, I'm not sure exactly what I can give you for a treat. Do you accept old toenail clippings from werewolves? Ew. They're considered a delicacy in... somewhere. Open your treat bags there anyway, and I'll scrape them in. Oh, look, they're sticking to your chocolate bars. Nice little added crunch. Um, if Wendy the werewolf comes looking for them, you might have to run and hide among the shelves. It'll help work off some of those calories from munching all those toffees I saw in your bags. So that's good, right? That's Gerald the ghost waking up for his midnight jog. Oh, that reminds me. Would you like a scoop of ectoplasm? It's nearly like ice cream. It's actually ghost snot, but they'll never know. That's one for you, and one for you. Goodness, those bags are looking pretty full. Kind of disgusting how they're wibbling around like water balloons full of sick. Hilarious! Actually, we might have some snake sick in the greenhouse. This way, please. No, thank you. Oh, okay then. Well, apart from that, I could loan you some books. Do you have your library cards? They're in your bags? I'll trust you for now. So in this particular branch, we have stories on the creepy and crawly. Every eerie incident in the history of this country, we have the book. What kind of story do you seek? In the Egyptian tomb, we have instruction guides on how to wrap your mummy properly. And in my room, we have bedtime stories for overgrown children, which I was enjoying reading before you knocked. But looking at your costumes, I think I have just the book for you. And I don't even need to guess the county you are from, because every child in Ireland should be proud to know... We originated the best day of the year. Halloween! It began with a different name, though. Pick your way through the indoor pumpkin patch and follow me. Now, my teeny trick-or-treaters, let me tell you all about the Celtic festival of Samhain. Trick-or-treat! Trick-or-treat! For most people, this is what October 31st would sound like. It might also sound like this. Quick, we're out of sweets. Turn off the light before anybody else knocks. But many centuries ago, it sounded like this. Quick, turn off the light before another ghost of a dead relative knocks. In Celtic lore, the year was divided into two halves. The light half and the... can you guess? The heavy half? Uh, no, the dark half. The light half begins at sunset on May 1st and is called Bialtana. The dark half begins on November 1st and is called Samhain. 
October 31st was the day the two halves bled into each other and a time when the wall between the worlds of the living and the dead melted away. The country would be overrun with spirits. Excuse me. Can I just get past you there? The queue to haunt this house is ridiculous. Many spirits would return to their family homes with unfinished business. Mary. Oh, yes, my darling John. I never got the chance to tell you. Your cooking is disgusting. Of course, some people didn't particularly enjoy being haunted by ghosts, so they began to think of ways to ward them off. Telling me my cooking is terrible? Sure didn't he choke on a potato shoving it into his big mouth? Some would wear disguises or costumes so the spirits wouldn't recognize them. Is that you, Mary? And no, just some random pirate who was a great cook. However, the druids, Celtic priests, felt that having spirits from the other world around would help them in making their predictions about the future. Things such as whether crops would be successful, whether they would be safe from invaders, or who was going to win the latest series of Ye Old Celtic Song Contest. Who could it be? The druids would build huge fires, and people would burn crops and even animals as sacrifices to the gods and spirits. The ashes from the fires would then be sprinkled on the fields as protection. Just look at your good shirt, it's ruined! What were you up to? God, Mum, ash sprinkling! The fairy folk would also have to be kept happy, so people would leave food and drink at their doors to feed the fairies who went house to house. And if you didn't have a treat for them when they called, you could prepare for a week of tricks. What did you get? Any good sweets? Ah, loaded nuts! In the 8th century, incorporating some of the Samhain traditions... Pope Gregory, the big robber, decided that November 1st would become a day to celebrate the saints. I had a great idea and it was all my own and I'm the best Pope ever. And so All Saints Day or All Hallows Day began. The day before was All Hallows Even, meaning Eve. It slowly became shortened over the years to Halloween and traditions changed with it. Instead of asking the spirits if crops would be successful, people wondered about who they would marry. A barmbrack loaf would be baked with a ring inside, and whoever got the slice with the ring would soon wed. And after swallowing it, or choke. Nowadays, people still light bonfires and go door to door for treats to help the Halloween party. It's the spookiest time of the year, so remember to wear your costume to confuse the ghosts. Mary, is that you? So, there we have it. The History of Halloween. Now that I've told you all about it, I don't need to loan you the book. Good, because your trick or treat bags are fairly full up with ghost snot. I mean ectoplasm. (laughs) Time to go. Oh, and just in case you were going to tell some of your little friends to pay us a visit, remember, this library isn't for kids. (laughs) 